And we're recording. Hey, man, how's it going? It's going really well, man. Staying healthy, not getting any coronavirus, just chilling at home. Yeah, I've been, I think I went went outside once this week. We went to the backyard, ran around, I did some laps. I, I, uh, oh, yeah? Chase, the four-year-old, she put up uh, an obstacle course, which is basically four cones, and uh, wanted me to run around a circle. So, get the blood flowing a little bit, but no, it was, it was pretty here in Colorado. Temperature was great. Um, smells good outside. Open the windows at night and get mm. the breeze going through. It's just nice. Yes, sir. You, it sounds to me like you've been uh, more active than I have been this past week because I have uh, I haven't done a whole lot, but I will say one thing: um, I have been outside more since this quarantine than I have in a long time. And when I say that, I mean not going out and hanging out with people, but. Jenny and I, when I get off of work, like to go for walks through our sub- the, some of the subdivisions across the street because there's nobody outside. Oh, so okay. we'll just we just get a chance to like to go outside and see things that we haven't seen before. Um, it, it's 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 an interesting time to say the least. Yeah, you take it for granted the rest of the year and, until they put these these lockdowns in place, <laughs> and then we're just inside all the time. <laughs> exactly. No, I have a bunch of stuff I want to talk about about the quarantine, but I want to start off. Uh, at first with a, a happy note and some cool stuff that uh, kind of some follow-up from the last episode on Tuesday, Apple released new updates to the iPad software, iOS and um, Mac OS. And specifically on the iPad, um, they released 10 dot No, I'm sorry, 13.4 and it has mouse support. So I've been playing with this constantly since it mm-hmm. was released. It's really fun. Like it, uh, it's different than a regular mouse when you point. Have you used it yet? I have not. No, I don't have an iPad. Oh, it is fun. So if you open the simulator on the Mac, you can click a button uh, and it will lock your mouse into the simulator window and you can use it just like you would on a regular iPad. It feels the same. And it's the best way I've ever interacted with an iPad app in the simulator because typically the cursor is very clunky in the simulator. Scrolling just doesn't feel right. Uh, clicking on things, the touch targets are too small. Um, like there'll be like a, a bar and you'll click just to the left or, or to the right of it. It doesn't work right. But with the mouse, it snaps to that bar or wherever you're at. It'll snap to the closest thing. So very pleased with the mouse. Um, there were a couple things that have been holding me back on the iPad. One of them was the Shutterfly website, which used to be all in Flash. They've slowly switched it over to HTML5, but they rely on hover state and several mouse-specific mm. things. So things like dragging your images around, and it, it just was difficult with your finger on an iPad. Well, when you try to run that with an actual mouse, it changes stuff. Because the mouse in Safari on an iPad, when you point at a link... The line goes under the link or it changes colors just like it would on a computer. Like you have hover state now, which you don't have with that finger. So, you know, the iPad with a mouse is much better than than not having the mouse. Um, there are other things that are like scrolling. I still like using a finger on the screen and directly manipulating yeah. it. That's still really nice. But uh, yeah, the mouse lets you do some cool stuff. I opened up Visual Studio Code in Safari that you and I installed several weeks ago with Capper over and I was able to do stuff and it was awesome. It felt, it felt it pretty much like my Mac. I, 
if it was full screen, I might not know the difference. Really? It's getting really cool. I mean, when you look at the cursor, it's circle instead of an arrow. Yeah. So you would know that way. But as far as like using it, it felt really good. So I, I'm very hopeful for iOS 14 and the, the iPad. So it's at a point where if you had VS Code installed in, in the fashion that, that you do with Cap Rover and you had a private server, you could essentially have a little web web development environment rolling. Yes, with autocomplete and all the cool stuff from that. Yeah, that's wild, man. I mean, it's still not, still not where I would want it to be to use as de- development machine, obviously. But this is a good step in the right direction. Yeah. This is definitely a step. And then seeing the simulator run iOS apps on a Mac using the mouse, I can envision a world where we're running iOS apps on the Mac in little windows or your your iPhone app can run on the Mac or or maybe the Mac turns into an iPad. I'm starting to see the vision now and they are going to blend at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But Microsoft, Microsoft and the service, they did it years ago. But whenever I had the Surface uh, late last year, it still used the mouse with the, the precision. It didn't do the snapping thing. So I would run into situations where it just wasn't precise enough or or it was too precise and it was difficult to click things and or things felt clunky. But the iPad seems to balance it. It's mm-hmm. really, well, really cool. On, on Windows, touch targets are just so small. So Ginny and I... We're, we're working on something earlier today and I was, she was using her surface and I have to say, I really do like one thing about the surface and that is just, you're not confined to one input when working with it. And it sounds to me, that's kind of what you're doing with the iPad. You'll be using the mouse, but then scrolling with your finger, right. you know, and I find that I do the same thing when I use, you know, her surface I'll for the small touch targets, you know, if I'm in Excel or something like that, you know, I'll do all that with the mouse and it will switch over to the web browser and I'm putting my finger on the screen. Right. It's very, very interesting, but I like it. It feels natural. Yeah. It, it, it's, well, the only problem on the surface was whenever I would scroll web pages, they didn't have the smoothness or it, it would snap or do weird things that the iPad doesn't do. iPad solved scrolling on a, on a website. And I don't really feel like Edge ever. I mean, it was better than Chrome, but it was just never as smooth as an iPad on whenever you use the service. Okay, enough about the, the iPad. Um, let's talk about the quarantine. Yeah, let's talk about this quarantine. It's it's very interesting because on Monday at 5 o'clock, we had a full lockdown go into effect. We had the governor issued what they call a stay-at-home order, which was essentially not very different at all from what I was already living, <laughs> which was, and this is because, and I say that because for the the week before this stay at home order, I was basically already quarantining myself. I was at home. I would only leave for groceries and that was pretty much it. And now that's essentially become, you know, law where you're allowed to go out and get groceries, but there's no getting together with anybody. It's pretty much stay at home. Um, and it's wild, man, because when I do have to go get groceries, there's no one on the road. Yeah. It's like a, I live in a ghost town. It's like it's it's apocalyptic almost. It's <laughs> weird. We uh, started our lockdown or we got the, the notice and, and they finalized it this afternoon and it goes into effect in the morning. And I yeah, I haven't seen anybody outside of my family in about a week. I I've, haven't you know, we haven't been locked down yet, but. I've just been living that lifestyle and it's uh, 
it, it feels like every morning is Christmas. And so on Christmas morning, you can't just go to the store. Everything's closed. Yeah. But you could go to like some essential places. They will still be open. And it kind of feels like that now. Um, I'm also kind of um, nervous about my toilet paper situation. So, okay. I had to open up our last 18 pack of toilet paper today. <laughs> so I, in my office here, I have all of my precious um, items all together. I have like all of our family passports and social security numbers and, and birth certificates are 18 roll uh, pack, uh, 18 pack of toilet paper and, you know, some hard drives with pictures and, and heirlooms and things. Mm-hmm. And I had to break into that thing. So our four-year-old, I might've mentioned this last week, but our four-year-old is starting to get up before us and she will go play in her room and make her bed. It's awesome. Like we were starting this whole cleaning regimen at, at the house. Like the house has never been cleaner. This quarantine thing has been cool for that. <laughs> the kids are doing their own little chores and, and I mean, they're making messes, but we're trying to um, clean them up every night. It's, it's getting better, but yeah. So the four-year-old's uh, making her bed every morning and then, um, but she, every morning she has to go potty. So I'm all for that, but she likes playing with the toilet paper. So, um, by the time I get up and I go into that bathroom, at least half of the roll will have been in the toilet. She might not have, not have even gone, but, uh, she just using that precious stuff. So I gotta, gotta ration it or something. Yeah. Anyway. That's wild, man. I wouldn't be too happy about that, I gotta say. <laughs> and so I'm on Amazon today and I'm searching for toilet paper because that's what I do now. Like do some work, check some email, search Amazon for toilet paper. And uh and like how long is 18 rolls gonna last me? I don't know. But Amazon says that there you can't get rolls until like April. Oh goodness. So I'm on Amazon and I'm searching for Charmin, like I always do. And some Charmin pops up, it's available for sale. Like, yeah. And I go in there and I add it to cart. And then I look at it and I'm like, hmm, quantity. I will take two of these, you know, 48 packs. And as soon as I switch the quantity and I hit refresh, it says sold out. It's like, dang. Oh my God. I was greedy. If I would have just bought the 48 pack, I would have been fine. But I had to go for, for more. Um, but no, it's um, another cool uh, little fun fact. I was watching. Um, because toilet paper is a very popular thing right now, um, I'm watching YouTube and I see a video on how toilet paper is made. And Ooh. that is awesome. And I started thinking about like what I'm doing during this quarantine for my free time. A lot of it's video-ish stuff on the internet. And I'm thinking like there's all these shows on Discovery that I really should be spending time watching. Like how it's made and all these factory tools, yeah. history stuff. And, you know, I, I should probably probably start watching some more of that than, you know, some video on, you know, the, the difference of sound of different violins. So right when the podcast started, um, I was actually watching a video on this guy comparing you know, a $10 million violin with a $70 Amazon violin. And I honestly couldn't hear the difference, but I'm sure there was, but <laughs> getting into these, these weird wiki walks where you, you end up on some weird video, but, uh, yeah, how's your how's your quarantine going? I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I've noticed that I have almost entirely quit listening to podcasts because I, which is bad news for this one. <laughs> I, I I don't have a commute anymore. 
I, you know, will wake up. The only commute that I have is in the morning. Starbucks still has a drive through and I'll go and I'll get way too much, co- uh, way too much coffee that is actually healthy for me. Um, and then I drive home and that's like maybe five minutes. That's about it. Not long enough for a podcast. And, you know, I want to talk more with you about this, about your remote working habits, because I've, I've tried keeping up with my podcasts while I work and, and I, I can't. Like I, I can't, I'm not productive. I find like I have a hard time getting into the zone. You know, I, I, I can't get to that like conscious state of flow where it's just like, I'm, I'm able to solve problems. I, it like podcasting is just not a medium that I can, I can do at the same time as I'm writing software. Right. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, have you continued to listen to podcasts, audiobooks, any of that during this quarantine, or is it just kind of a, 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 a video watching time? It um, has definitely dropped. I used to keep up with several podcasts every week and look forward to when they were released and would listen to them on the, the day that they were released. And now I'm, you know, I have a backlog. I, I'm behind, and that's not that's not normal for me. Part of, well, and then you you want to talk about rem, uh, remote work habits, so I'll I'll kind of segue into that too. But um, yeah, I think because we're all stuck at home. And we have the screen in front of us. Video is going to definitely surpass the audio listening because you mentioned earlier about getting into the zone. And if you're a programmer, if you're listening to something that's interesting or piques your interest, or you you have a vision in your your mind or you're imagining a, a screen or a description of what they're talking about you're not able to program. It becomes very, very difficult. Um, in fact, I can't even listen to music with lyrics that you know I'll sing to. I have to listen to something that I don't know the lyrics to or I don't care about or just some noise. But I also can't just turn everything off because I have children in, you know, in the house and you'll hear just yelling running down the hallway mm-hmm. and that'll take me out of the zone too. So I'm using the, the AirPods with the noise cancellation and then I'm putting on uh, some stuff I found on Apple Music. This uh, I don't know if you said it was like a a label, but it, it was like a yeah. collection of, of songs from a group called Monster Cat. Yeah, Monster Cat is a Canadian-based electronic dance music label. And uh, most of the time, if you go and find a solo artist that has a small following um, and, and they do a lot of electronic music, they are probably signed by Monster Cat. Um mm-hmm. It, it's All very right. interesting because mo- I, I can't think of at the top of my head. I'm sure, may- I'm sure maybe if I sat here for a while, I could come up with one or two. These artists don't are, are not well known at all, but they're Monster Cat artists. And a lot of their stuff is really high quality. I had no idea. I assumed that this was uh, someone remixing popular songs and I'm just not cool enough to know what those songs were. But I'm listening to this. Uh, because each when I'm when you're on Apple Music, you'll see the Monster Cat album, and th- then at the very end, there's like a two hour remix. And I just added five of those from five different albums to my my listening or my my queue, and I'm just running through randomly, just picking one of those five. And with each one being two hours, me repeating a song is very low. And then they're all bl- because they're, it's a remix; they're all blended together. There's not like a, a breaking oh, point between them. Interesting. And so I'll find that. Whenever I, I first start up, I think I'm listening to album four. 
I'll start up album four and like the first couple of songs I'm starting to, to, um, really recognize and really, you know, really know, but I'm mm-hmm. learning by, by the time I hear this one about the song about a wobble or something, I know that you know, <laughs> I've, I've been in there for 30 minutes or, you know, it, it's about time that I need a break and I need to go, need to go do something. So I'm right. kind of using this as like a, uh, a timer or something, but it's really nice because I don't know the lyrics. If there is any, if there is any lyrics, there's, I'm not hearing any cuss words or anything that's like embarrassing. So that if, if it happened to uh, leave my headphones and go to the, the speaker, it's not like the kids would be offended. Um, right. No one knows what I'm even listening to. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't hurt my ears. It's not like screaming or anything. It's just kind of, I don't even know. It's just, there's a lot of different genres there. Yeah. Um, I also started listening to Dylan Scott. He's like a, a country artist. And, there you go. <laughs> and I had no idea. Like I was going to start getting into this. Anyway, it was, it's really good stuff. Cause like he's talking about driving his truck and, and it, in Texas and, or, or wherever he's at. And like, and there's a, a girl in the, the, the passenger seat and sh- and we're, we're driving and we're go- just everything that's every, st- every stereotypical country song. He oh just, yeah. Like repeats it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love this. So this is, this is taking the show to an interesting turn, but I have three types of music that I've been listening to lately. Um, and none of them are related at all. Um, country. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, which generally consists of Johnny Cash, Brad Paisley, um, Rodney Atkins, all those folks, monster cat style music, just random EDM artists. I just have a playlist on Spotify and it's just not, I don't think I have any two tracks by the same artist and then, uh, and then metal. Wow. Metal. I can't program with metal at all. I, I can, if I'm in the right mood. Because it's kind of like it's kind of like a monster cat. Half the time you don't know what they're saying anyway. Oh, that's okay. That makes sense. You know, so it's just like you. It just helps you get into the zone. Um, but those are those are the three. So if you look at my Spotify account right now, it's 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 varied to say the least. <laughs> but I love country, man. People people uh, people talk bad about country, but I love it. So like part of my my. My watching on on YouTube, like I told you that I ended up watching a video on how toilet paper was made, but I would like start listening to an American Idol or X Factor or, you know, one of these music competitions and I'm watching the, the, the tryout or the audition or the actual performance. And I just find it interesting and I'm just like binging these, but it's really neat because someone on the panel typically will be in country and it's really nice to see the respect for all the different genres. Cause it doesn't feel, or at least I'm not getting the, the perception that someone who's in pop that's on the panel is going to bash a different genre. They seem to just like music in general. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that. And I wonder if that's helping, you know, bring pop or bring country more into uh, pop because like Taylor Swift is huge and she started yeah. as country and it's, it's nice hearing, you know, somebody who you wouldn't expect to, to like country, to have, you know, positive things to say about it. Um, because it, it has the stereotype of being, um, I don't know that just driving your truck and spitting in a can and there's a snake in your, <laughs> that's some of the best stuff too. Four wheeler. Yeah. You go to ride the horse and, Oh man, now I'm going to be, I'm going to start sending, sending you music while I'm working though. Cause I have, I have songs that you need to listen to. They're just excellent. 
It's good stuff. And but I'm like I'm also learning that the country songs, like they have the deep voice and they're all like talking about like their tender heart and then they love this girl. And, and it's just like, Oh, it's just love songs. Almost most of these songs that you listen to are love songs. Yeah. Um, it's just like how they deliver them. And I, I like Amarillo by morning by George Strait. Tell me that's not a love song. It's a love song. Bleeds the state of Texas. It's great. Yeah, I, it is Texas. I send it to me after because I, I I might recognize it if I hear it, but I don't rec- recognize the name. It's it's a beautiful song. I'll send it to you. Nice. All right. Um, I I, I have a whole <laughs> list of things I want to talk to you about. Yeah. And after that, we talked about country music, which we did not plan on talking about no, at all. That's, that's off script. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you a, a couple of things. So back to country. Um, back to quarantine. Uh, I saw an article today. Um, about a guy from the National Cowboy Museum in Oklahoma, their head of security is now running their Twitter account, and this Twitter account has has you know thousands and thousands of, of listener uh, of uh, subscribers. But all of the posts were like kind of professional or or it you know I don't know marketed, yeah. But they turned it over to this guy, and he doesn't understand how Twitter works or how internet. It doesn't feel like he understands any of this stuff, but he just knows cowboy stuff. And it is the most naive yet polite yet like like warm hearted like just honest and just it's good content. And just he pure. Ha- he's pure. He has these posts, and he's talking about you know. Uh, his uh, grandson or granddaughter, you know, you know, can you read this or can, can you see this yet? And, and uh, yeah, I don't know how the Twitter or I don't know how this thing works. And he has dad jokes in there and someone from marketing told him to use hashtags. So he writes out the word hashtag. It doesn't understand. It's supposed to be a pound sign and then the word. So he keeps writing uh, pound sign, the word hashtag, and then cowboy. And people like it's, <laughs> it's just so fun. And, this this afternoon I looked at it. There were like 160 or 170,000 followers. And then I just checked right before we started recording. It's already at 200,000. So this thing's going viral. It is just, <laughs> it, it's so fun. And I'm looking at the, um, the, the tweets and replies. So I'm seeing what other people are uh, responding to him. And everybody's positive. Nobody's making fun of the fact that he's doing hashtag wrong. We just like the fact that he's naive and fun and pure. It's yeah, it's nice. It's great. And like he, he got a chance to meet some celebrities such as Kevin Costner and Sam Elliott and whatnot. And it, it is really pure. It doesn't really get any, any purer than this. It's just great. And if you love Cowboys, you'll need to give him a follow. I like it. All right. Let's, let's talk about uh, some shifts in behavior because we mentioned that uh, we're not listening to podcasts as much because we're at home. And I mentioned one of my shifts in behavior was more towards video because I'm yes. in this environment and I can see it. Um, it's interesting that Europe, uh, was telling all the streaming companies that it was having trouble with bandwidth and that it needed help from all of the big players to drop some, uh, the quality of the videos that they're streaming. So like Netflix dropped its quality, Disney, ESPN, Hulu, uh, YouTube, a bunch of these companies started dropping their quality of their videos. If you're in Europe for the next, you know, several weeks, YouTube, um, uh, I think it was like this week decided to lower the resolution for everybody in the world for like a month. That's wild. So I'm watching these, uh, 
these press conf- conferences because that's what <laughs> keeps, I don't know. They, but they, one does. <laughs> they're appearing every day on YouTube. You see these uh, all day press conferences about the Senate or about um, the just COVID stuff in general. And these, all these press conferences are, are being broadcast, but um, they're all in 720p. And I don't know if 720p is the new standard or if that's just the ones I'm looking at, but um, I kind of concerned here. So I've talked in the past about having my own cloud and wanting to host all of my own stuff. And if I had any of my customers videos hosted on YouTube and did the embedding so that they could have their videos on their own homepage, or if I had a product video or something with a lot of text in it, I, I've now lost control. If I'm hosting on YouTube, I've, I've lost control of the quality for the next foreseeable future. I don't yeah. control that. And if I run my own server or if I run my own version of YouTube or my own video hosting, I would control that. So I just, uh, some, you have some thoughts that were occurring to me is, you know, I, you trust YouTube because they have all of this, these assets and resources behind them. But then at the same time, it, you know, it's their ball court. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at the same time, I think that they're probably making the right call for what's going on because the, Europe must be having some some problems if they're asking everybody to drop the resolution. But at the same time, don't love you know a a parent entity to be able to make decisions about my content that I didn't consent to. Right. You know. So I think it depends on the situation. You know. If you want control, own it yourself. Yes. If you, most uh, definitely. If you don't care about the control, let someone else do it. And right, because I mean, because there's there's a give and take. Because YouTube gives you a platform, and not only a platform like a software platform, they give you a platform for others to find your content True. easily. You know, so if you are a Twitch streamer, you probably don't really care that much. You're going to upload your your past gameplay to YouTube because you want as many people to find it as you possibly can, and you're probably not going to be affected by 1080 to 720. But if you're Shane and TJ and you're working on a, you know, a app and you want some, some sort of video on this website or this app, you probably shouldn't put it on YouTube because they could do stuff to it. Yep. I haven't heard anything about Vimeo. Vimeo has always felt like the smaller, um, more artsy video hosting platform, but I, you know, video is so trivial. Now you throw a file up and maybe you chunk it and, you know, make HLS stream or something, but it's, it's so simple. Now, uh, years ago we had, we were streaming stuff with flash video and everything has changed since then. You don't have to have special servers to, to stream your video. So, um, the benefits that YouTube gives us now, I think is the platform more than the technical part on the video hosting. Most definitely. Yep. Okay. Speaking of, uh, well, something has nothing to do with these things. Um, NASCAR, uh, so NASCAR's also uh, making some changes due to COVID. And one of them is they're no longer going to race actual cars. So it's interesting that you bring this up. So Jenny and I have always had this, this back and forth discussion slash debate over whether or not esports are actual sports. So we were talking about this pre-show. I asked her, so I, I present this problem to her saying, so NASCAR has decided to cancel all in-person races. And instead they've essentially given all of their drivers what, what I assume is like a, a car body. I don't, I, I think that they're going to be in actual, you know, fake cars 
where you have a steering wheel and it, there it's, it drives just like a car and you know, they'll have the whole interface and do NASCAR races virtually. So in my mind, NASCAR has become an esport. Oh, 100%. So, so I, I, I show this to Jenny. I'm like, so here's my question. Is, is this still a sport? And she looks at me and she says, well, I never really considered NASCAR a sport. Oh, burn. burn. <laughs> so I found that pretty funny. And it kind of threw me for a loop because how is NASCAR not a sport? But, but anyway, I, I, I see. I find that very interesting that they're doing that and, and kind of cool. Honestly, they're able to take like you. I don't really feel like you could do this with football at all. You couldn't do it. Well, okay. So let's, let's break this apart. Um, let's break apart the esport and let's bring apart, break apart the simulator. Um, I was not aware that they were um, in, in like basically like flight simulators, but like car simulators. Right. I, I hadn't read the article. I just skimmed it. I was just assuming that it was, the computer randomly, you're just running this. So it'd be like a slot machine where let's mm. just see what happens. Let's just let the AI run and drive around the circle and you can place bets and stuff. And, but I didn't realize it's a actual people. That's, that's a different world, but it also changes the, um, how they would drive. I, I believe it would change how, you, how they would drive because there's no fear of wrecking. There's right. no fear of, uh, there's no penalty of being hurt. There's also a lower barrier to entry because, um, th- there's no financial issues or, you know, it just, it's a lot cheaper to run in general. I like this thing. It is pretty cool. So I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't read the entire article either. Um, so they're not going to be taking home any paycheck at the end. This is just for fun. And they're using uh, a piece of software called iRacing, which is a realistic simulation of a NASCAR race. Okay. So, we don't know exactly how they're doing it. I would be surprised if they don't use some sort of, um, you know, steering wheel because you you can get steering wheel, you know, gaming devices, yeah, for gameplay force and whatnot. So I expect that they're going to be doing that. I, I expect there is going to be some really nice setup for for these drivers, but I'll be curious to see once we get closer to it what they end up doing. Yeah, the more that you describe this, this this is just an esport. Yeah, these are just, just people e-sport. playing a video game, and we're all going to stream it. I love it. It's wild. What what a time to be alive, sir. <laughs> no kidding. We've <laughs> gone from in the last hundred years, it went from riding a horse to getting a car and being a weird person with a car to getting uh everybody getting a car after World War II. Um you know, muscle cars, the car culture, you know, you had the the grease grease lightning, you had that culture. Yep. Then you you move into modern times where some of these kids now don't get their license or don't have any motivation to get their license or don't yeah. care about cars at all. They don't mod them at all. They don't they don't care. They just use them to get from A to B. Or maybe they just Uber or Lyft. They don't even need a car, and everything switched into you know other interests and they're whatever the heck TikTok is. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. That's what's happening, but it's just interesting seeing how have cars have gone from, you know, a requirement when there was a horse like this travel, those freedom that's really powerful, um, very important. To now, we just take it all for granted. All yeah. Amazon will ship me my stuff, and I will Uber where I need to go, or someone will just bring it to me. Do you think that we're in the muscle car era of computing? 
Ooh, I think we are past it now. I think we were in the muscle. Oh, maybe I go back and forth. So there's the, the PC master race subreddit where people yeah. will really get into gaming computers and tweaking things with water cooling, but everything that they're doing on the modern computer to build your own is Legos. You open up this box, you have a square thing you put in the square thing, you put triangle thing in the triangle thing. But I think 20 years ago, you'd open up the box and, oh, you have no clue. You have to change like interrupts and you have to you know, know all these details about your machine and there's, there's no internet or you only have one computer. And because you're working on it, you can't look up things mm-hmm. on the internet. Like I think that period was the muscle car. And I think now we're starting to hit, uh, especially like with the iPad, you don't tweak it at all. Maybe you change That's the case. That's true. You Maybe really don't. You, <laughs> you know, what stickers do you have on it? Right. Yep. I was thinking we were probably more so in the muscle car. Maybe this is just because I remember this better. More so like in the early 2000s where the computer has gotten far enough along to the point where those who do want to start customizing it. Like this is back in the days where you had like uh, magazines like Maximum PC. Do you yes. remember them? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Where every month they would have the new best case and it was just some of the sexiest computers that you would ever see they looked like race cars yeah you know they were ugly um, but they, they oh they looked terrible <laughs> we, we thought they were cool oh they were so cool back in the day you know <laughs> um and so you you kind of had this you know computers had graduated from being something where you know you were in that situation like you just talked about where you open up your 386 and oh your memory uses so dim as opposed to i don't remember what the other ones were and you know, you had to, uh, and you had IDE drives and yes. does, does, yeah, there were so many questions back then. Every time you opened up a computer and by the early two thousands, mid two thousands, those had become more standardized. And so people were just like doing cool stuff with their gaming computers. And, and now we've kind of graduated from that to more of computers are almost a commodity. Now you can buy an iPad, you can buy a Chromebook, you can buy a cheap windows laptop. And never really have to know anything about how to use it. You just use it because that's what we do. Well, you know, like your uh, with your analogy, we have Teslas now. Maybe like we have this yeah. this thing with great battery life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that everything's machined and it, it just. You, but you don't change the stereo in it. You you yeah. know you don't change anything. Um, in fact, you you might not be able to open up the hood and do anything except add windshield wiper fluid. Yeah, so you, like I'm talking to you on my Tesla right now. Nice. I like what you did there. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, that was totally, um, that was not planned at all. I had no idea we no. were going to go on that. <laughs> I mean, that analogy. Um, I want to talk with you about remote working habits. You brought that up earlier. Yeah. Um, I have a couple habits, but I wanted to hear um, what are your thoughts? What What's happening to you? What's What's the problem? Oh, I, I I don't really have that much of a problem at this point. It's more just realizations that if I want to get like consistent work done and have high productivity as a software developer, I can't have voices in my head. <laughs> um, I can't have podcasts. I can't have e- uh, not ebooks, audiobooks. I can't do Twitch streams, and which is really weird because some of my programmer friends can do that. You know, they'll have a Twitch stream going on in the background all day as they work. I can't do it. I I I just don't feel like I. I get as much done as I can, or I can't like dive into a really difficult problem. Whereas when I turn on music, coming back to the music thing, when I turn on music with a hate, there has lyrics that I don't care about or no lyrics at all. I'm able to really get into the zone. Um, 
So that's that's kind of what I've observed. I've also observed that if I get up a little bit a little bit earlier, I I've started doing small workouts in the morning just because I can't go to a gym anymore. I I get get more work done if I do that as well. Yeah, the um the best programmers I know will put on headphones and oh, best programmers, maybe that's the wrong term. The programmers that that produce some really good code but that you hold in high esteem. Yeah, I think so. I think that of respect. Um, they tend to all get into the zone, and a lot of them involve music, and a lot of them involve like covering their head with a hat or a hoodie or something covering their ears. And it, I don't know if it's tunnel vision or what, but it's like just focusing on your screen and getting rid of all your, all of your distractions. And typically in a company, in the morning, you're going to have stand up. You're going to have um, you know, a, a couple meetings where you're going around figuring out what you're going to do that day. And by the time you're done with all of those, it's lunchtime. So you go take, you do lunch, then you come back from lunch oh, and then you're full. And then, okay, let's start the work day. It's 2 PM. And yeah. I'm going to start go to five. Oh, someone's on the East coast. Can't do that. So I'm going to stop at around four or you know, I can't get hold of them. So it's a blocker. I can't do it till tomorrow. So I've worked a good two hours today. Yeah. And I worked a good two hours in the afternoon when I'm the least productive and you know, I had uh, shoulder taps the entire time. So like everything I just described is terrible for your productivity. And the best programmers that I know don't have that environment. So they might work in the middle of the night where instead of having the hoodie on and the hat on, the lights are off. There's nobody needing them. There's nobody messaging them. There's no meetings. They could just code. But I don't or I can't with, with children. I can't work in the middle of the night anymore. I used to, but I can't now. So how do you structure your day starting with the, the same working hours that everybody else in the company uses and still be able to get that focus? Working from home really does help, but you need to organize those early morning meetings and try to get rid of them if, if possible or adjust them or shrink them or something because you're super productive those first several hours before lunch. And that's when I personally try to get the best stuff that I can done. And then we do lunch and then we can have the meetings and I can talk about what we just built. Maybe do some tweaks or code reviews or maybe even code pairings that don't require um, the, the getting into the zone. And then, you know, then you end your day. But that's kind of what I do is do it in the morning, get rid of the meetings, get rid of the distractions and uh, let the middle of the day be a time where you can take a break and do your lunch and work out or whatever you needed to do. Yep. Music if you need to, hoodie, hat, dark lights, whatever you need to. I also find that having Mountain Dew in the afternoon helps. <laughs> Wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't <laughs> hurt. I'm um, working from home. I have a much better bathroom and beverage situation. I have my own fridge. Nobody's getting in there. I have my own bathroom. Nobody gets in there. Um, it's nice. There's some perks kind of, working uh, from home. Yeah, I enjoy working from home as well. I think that what's also different is that before this COVID-19 outbreak, what I would do is I worked remotely a lot, but oftentimes not from home. So what the way my day would look is I would go into the office, I'd do whatever meetings I had to do, and then I would go to coffee shops and I would bounce around coffee shops whenever I found like I was getting less productive or like after or before lunch or something like that. I'd just get in the car and go to a different coffee shop and I have like three or four right next to the to the place I work. Um, and so I was always getting a different, different scenery 
but at the same time, good scenery that allows me to put my headphones on and then just focus, but I could look up and see something different. And that, that also helped, but I can't do that. I can't do that right now. I've been able to do some really good code or get into the, some really good zone periods at coffee mm-hmm. shops, especially if nobody needs me. But my, my problem when I go to a lot of these coffee shops, the internet will be just slow enough to aggravate me or I'll have just enough problems with the internet, or maybe there's no power and then I have battery anxiety mm-hmm. and I don't want to do anything that's going to make the computer too hot and burn my battery. I have all these, these things that don't really matter. If I get into the zone for an hour, who cares if I drain my battery? Like, just let me do the code. Yeah, just go. But, um, yeah. So I, like, man, I, honestly, the best time for me is like three o'clock in the morning. Nobody around you needs an, really? anything yeah. from you. But if you have a you run into a problem, nobody can help you either. You're totally on your own. So um, lately, yeah, my go-to lately is early mornings, get as much as you can done with as few distractions as possible, and then let the afternoon be the time that you code review and and uh, fix and to figure out what you're going to do the next time you have that super productive moment. Right. Yeah. We work in very short bursts of insane productivity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll like see a bug all day and you live with it. And then you go in there to go fix it in like 15 minutes. You fixed it. It's so much better, but you might've lived with it for three months just because you, know, you didn't have the time or didn't make time for it. So see for me right now, I'm in the process of in- integrating one service with my product and well with my project and the documentation is uh, less than ideal, I would say, or it's not a very clear way of how to do things. And then I get stuck like going into the documentation and reading and trying to figure out and then not really understanding what the documentation is saying. And then I get frustrated. Does you know? the service so. start with or, or sound or uh, sound similar to males Morse? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't. Okay, good. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. I actually, yeah, no, we'll, we'll talk about more post show, but okay. <laughs> uh, let's do our picks of the week, man. Awesome. Okay. So working from home, uh, we've been using zoom like everybody else, but there's been some articles lately about zoom, uh, tracking kind of what you're doing or, or, you know, knowing what apps you have open, stuff like that. Also, um, there's that 40 minute limit that you hit with, with the free yeah. version of zoom that kicks you off. Um, but so the problem we wanted to solve uh, a couple programmers, uh, we wanted to screen share, and have two mice on the screen. I wanted to see their mouse and my mouse at the same time, click on things. I want to be able to draw on the screen. Um, and I wanted to, you know, it to be able to be really fast, just start it really quickly. And so I've been using a program called Tuple. And it's a Mac app that's just really low on the resource. Um, you know, it doesn't make my machine hot. It doesn't use very much processing power at all. Like last time I was running it and Xcode, my machine was hitting like 6% um, usage. So it was really, really low power. And it was great because we I was able to share my screen or share their screen in 4K and um, video chat if you need to, voice chat, uh, have two mice on the screen, draw on the screen. But for, for remote pairing, it's really nice. If you were in the same office with somebody and they're in a cubicle or they're in their own office and you need to pair with them, you're going to go in that room and try to figure out what's the polite way to sit next to you without sitting in your lap to see your screen but not put my face touching your face or breathing on you, but you mm-hmm. both then, you know, Oh, can I drive? Can I take your mouse in? You know, can I, can I use your machine? But with, you know, that's always awkward, but with this, I could just use my computer. In fact, I could be sitting at a coffee shop with you. You can be sitting next to me. We're both using our own machines. 
we see each other's mice on the screen and we're talking like this sharing of the mouse thing is awesome. But Tuple does a great job of that. And I'll put the link to Tuple in the show notes. That's awesome, man. I'm going to give this a go because this seems this seems super cool. Yeah. Is it uh, is it free or is it what does it cost? There is a there's a paid plan and then there's like a team's plan. But if one person has the paid plan, then you can invite a guest for free. So after the show, I will uh, I'll send you an invite and let you pair with me, give you a little demo. But I really like it for remote work right now. That's awesome, man. Sounds good. I can't wait to give it a shot. Awesome. All right. So my pick of the week is Pokemon Go. Okay, so uh, continue, <laughs> and then I have a follow-up. So, All right, all right. So, like I said, when I get off of work, oftentimes Jenny and I want to go for a walk or go and do something. Uh, and we and we try just, you know, going for walks, but that gets a little monotonous after a while. I mean, you're just walking. You can talk a little bit, but then, you know. So, what we ended up doing was reinstalling Pokemon Go. We haven't played this game in probably four years, and we're really getting into it. Um, so for Jenny's birthday, I bought her a scooter and like, then like a, the electric scooters. N- it's not an electric one. It's a foot pedal scooter. Like yeah, a razor got, scooter. Okay. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like a razor scooter. And I ended up getting one too, because once we started playing Pokemon go, we realized we can get to Pokestops really fast. So <laughs> we've been able to explore all sorts of subdivisions. This evening we went to, uh, downtown Baton Rouge has a levee overlooking the Mississippi River. So we went down there and there were like eight different Pokestops and there's gyms and there's Pokemon everywhere. I caught a Pikachu yesterday and it's it's a good time. And it gets us out of the house just enough to not lose our sanity because if we were just stuck in these walls after a while, I, I start to lose my mind and so does Ginny. But it gets us, uh, but also keeps us from, you know, running into other people too much. So we can like go through these subdivisions okay. and not see a single person. You okay. know, but it gets us outside. It gets us into nature, you know, and at the same time, we are, we're playing a game and having fun doing stuff together. Okay. And this so, all makes sense now. You have yeah. a goal for where you're walking and what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. We get to go and explore all these areas around us like that. I, I haven't seen. I didn't know that there were walking trail trails in, in Louisiana. I didn't think that was a thing. I thought it was too hot. I thought that was a Colorado thing. Turns out we have quite a few. <laughs> Cool. Uh, and all sorts of different parks. And, you know, we're just we're just having fun collecting Pokemon on the way. I like it. Yeah, man. It's good stuff. All right, man. Let's wrap this thing up. Yes, sir. So, um, no news on the the watch front. Um, Still haven't found it. Um, But, oh, I installed the new version of iOS on my phone, and it popped up, and it said, "Uh, your watch is out of date. Do you want to install the update? I was like, you're just rubbing this in, phone. Cancel. (laughs) uh, Yeah. It happens. And uh, podcasting's still hard, my friend. Good night, man. Good night, man.